Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to a special edition of Coast View, the show that continues to celebrate the people who make coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. And one of the things that make this such a great region is our relationship with the New Orleans Saints. And with that, it's our relationship with Jeff Duncan here at Super Talk Gulf Coast, this great relationship we have with Jeff Duncan at NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. He's covered the Saints longer than anyone else in history. He's the man. He's the guy with the sources, and we get to visit with him in this really incredible moment in uh, the Saints' history as they literally pivot away from Drew Brees and Sean Payton, the two men that you wrote the book about, the definitive book about Sean Payton and Drew Brees. This is a really pivotal moment for the Saints organization. Welcome to back to Coast View, Jeff, and uh, it is a big-time moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great way of putting it, Ricky, taking that kind of – 30,000 foot view of of this big decision that the Saints brain trust is going to have to make this week over here in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. All the interviews, well, most of the interviews are being conducted over here because the entire NFL is in town. I mean, that's this is they come down here. It's almost like an NFL convention. So it's easy to get everybody in one spot, knock out those interviews. But, uh, I, you know, Ricky, this is a huge decision for Mickey Loomis, the general manager. Last time he did this was 2006, early 2006, when he hired Sean Payton. And look what that decision did, how that set the course for the most successful run in Saints history. Well, he's got another big decision now because this could have a very similar effect and ramifications on the future of the franchise. Well, there's an awful lot to talk about. There's, I mean, there's the, the, there's the coaching carousel or coaching interview carousel that's taking place as we speak. We can get an update on that. You're at the Senior Bowl, which is a really incredible opportunity for not just NFL coaches, but player personnel, uh, leaders, uh, general managers, uh, key people in NFL organizations to not just see some of the best talent as they as they get evaluated, but to really kind of get to have conversation with each other. I bet the scuttlebutt at something like the Senior Bowl is on a scale of one to ten. It's probably a a fifteen. <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, you know, what else is here? Agents, every player agent, coaching agent. Uh, there's all kinds of industry people. Um, it's just the entire professional football world is here and they've been here all week and uh it's a huge it kind of kicks off the draft process every year and start learning about the prospects that are going to be at the top of the nfl draft and jim nagy who's directs director of the senior bowl here used to be a scout with the seahawks and the new england patriots great guy tremendous football mind and he's done a terrific job of taking over this event and really improving it and making it bigger and better and uh, it's just always a great week to get over here. And, uh, and it's, everybody's relaxed, Ricky. The season's over for most of the teams. So the players, I mean, the coaches are relaxed. It's their chance to kind of unwind a little bit and get ready to start the process of the offseason. Well, I, I remember well, uh, so incredibly well, as, uh, as I was publisher and uh, president of the Mobile Press Register, the way that the community rallies around this event. And... 
you know, I mean, they really, as you know, they pour their heart and soul in the the receptions and the special moments that they create. It's great for the players. It's really great for all these visitors coming in from out of town. The, all these guys coming from these major markets, it's, it, you know, the, it's kind of the small town atmosphere. They have some terrific hotels in downtown Mobile, but the community really pours its heart and soul into the senior ball, doesn't it? Yeah, and there's great. They're so hospitable. You know, it's that Southern hospitality. Uh, you talk to coaches and, and agents from outside, you know, the, the South. They love coming here. They absolutely love it. Seafood's great, as you know. Uh, you know, you get that fresh seafood. The restaurant scene is tremendous. And, um, and the hospitality is second to none. They, they really embrace this event. It's their big event every year. And it just continues to get better. I mean, it's really from when I used to come here from the beginning to where it is now, it's mind-boggling how, how big it's gotten. Yeah, they, they take it super super serious. And as I say, the the leaders in the community rally. And uh, mm -hmm. they know how important this is to them. They, they want to make a great impression to people who are coming in from all over the country. And it's a, it's a very special event for people who have not been to the Senior Bowl and don't know really what's going on behind the scenes. It is a, it's more than just about really top players coming together for a game. It's There's tremendous tremendous networking that's taking place at that event uh, on just about every single level. Hey, what I'm curious about, Jeff, and we'll get to you know where the Saints are in a coaching search. You know, I read a story this morning about uh, Garoppolo and whether he, you know, what, what his situation might be going forward. But the thing I want to ask you about is okay, the NOLA.com Times-Picayune team is Unbelievable! I talk about it all the time. You guys are, are seasoned. You cover the Saints from every single angle, both inside the organization in terms of playing. Uh, I mean, this is a real dynamic time. So when your team goes to something like the Super uh, Senior Bowl, excuse me, um, how much access do you get to some of these guys? Well, it's really about getting out after all the work's done, evaluating the players and all the media uh, you know, sessions that go on during the day. You really want to get out in social settings. And uh, it reminds me a lot. It's very similar to the, the combine up in Indianapolis. There's there's the, you know, organized professional scene, which is all happening during the day and afternoon. And then there's the social scene at night where everyone's just out eating or drinking or, you know, just in, in, in networking. And that's really what's valuable. You get a chance to uh, meet with sources on an informal basis that you normally wouldn't. Uh, you know, I can remember years ago uh, when I first started coming here, running into Tom Condon, who's the high-powered agent, the, the biggest agent in the NFL. He was Drew Brees' agent, uh, Peyton Manning's agent. Well, Tom Condon, Ricky, would never return a call or a text or anything. But every year I could find him here. I knew where he hung out, and he would be he would be fine. We'd talk for an hour. Uh, you just... You can't put a price tag on that. He would, you know, give me all kinds of insight into what he's thinking about contracts and things like that. Uh, that's what you're here for. Those kind of things, not not necessarily the evaluation of the prospects, because we're we're still early in the draft process, right? It, these coaches are just now getting introduced to the prospects. Uh, the draft's not till the end of April, so uh, it's really more about that kind of stuff that's kind of under the radar than it is what actually ends up in the newspaper tomorrow. 
It's so interesting. You, you mentioned the combine. I, when I was early in my career at the Sun Herald, uh, one of one of my associates at the Sun Herald and I went over for a management seminar at University of Tulane, and uh, we stayed at the Hyatt Regency. And the combine was actually going on in New Orleans. And if I recall this right, Oakland had just won the Super Bowl. Tom Flores was the coach at the time. And I noticed how these guys, you know, during the off hours, they were just mingling with everybody. They were just there, you know, enjoying drinks and sitting together. Tom Floyd came by our table and we stopped him and he spoke to us. And he was very friendly, bought us a beer. And yep. then there was this grand piano over in the corner. I bang on the piano. And, you know, I can play blues and stuff like that. But I was at the piano kind of messing around a little bit. <clears throat> And uh, Al Davis came up to the piano, and he put $50 on the piano. And he said, I want to hear Chariots of Fire. <laughs> I don't know why Chariots <laughs> of Fire. I said, I don't know Chariots of Fire. I don't really play. You do play the piano, he said to me. You know, you know, I want to hear Chariots of Fire. It was just such a funny moment. I, I never forgot that. But what, what was amazing about it, though, is how relaxed everybody was. I mean, they were, yes. you know, the season was over. And, the, and, and these guys are Energizer Bunnies anyway. I mean, they, they hardly sleep anyway. Yes. So the opportunity to actually enjoy some quality time with each other is pretty a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, last night we were out, and uh, just right over in the corner of the restaurant we were at was Jerry Jones and the whole Dallas Cowboys front office and coaching staff. They had a huge table. Uh, they were all relaxed. They were cutting up. And then, uh, you know, over across the way was Brian Flores, who just now is the center of the sports world for filing a lawsuit against – of the NFL, and right. he's, of course, one of the five candidates for the Saints head coaching job. He was in another table. Uh, it, you know, you just look around, it's the entire NFL. So it's like this wherever you go. And you're right, everybody's relaxed. It's very informal. It's just a unique, unique situation. Hey, Je uh, David Francis and I, uh, David Francis was at at one point uh, the number two at my company and became publisher of the Times Picayune along the way. Just incredible, incredible community leader and person. But we were at a Super Bowl event when the when the New Orleans when the uh, Super Bowl was in New Orleans, and uh, we went to this reception. And as we were going in, there was this big bus. And David said, you know whose bus this is? I said, no. He said, this is Jerry Jones's bus. He, he like, yep. this is how he travels. I said, really? He said, come over here. He knocks on the door. He knocks on the door of the bus, and the bus driver comes out, and he said, David introduces himself, and they get in this conversation. He invites us in to see this bus on the inside. Dude, it was unbelievable. Big screen. The way I, all I remember is the big screen TVs. Yeah. All over the place inside this. You wouldn't think of big screen TVs in a in a in a big bus like that. But I mean, man, when these guys travel, they travel first class, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I've been on that bus before. Sean Payton drug me on there once at the combine in Indianapolis. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, and that's Jerry Jones. I mean, he does everything big, right? Living large, man. Simple Living Texas large. Guy. Yeah, this is uh, Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We're talking about the Senior Bowl, the Saints, coaching situation. We're going to talk a little bit about the quarterback situation. We'll be back after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. So many great stories as we uh, talk to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, who literally has written how many books now? Four or three books on the three. Saints? Three, three books. Three books. The most recent one, Peyton and Breeze, and uh, really an incredible book. It's a, not just a book about their incredible dynasty, but it's about, you know, what, what it means to get a PhD in offense. And it's a, there's a lot of good management techniques in there. a lot about leadership. It's just a great book. It's, it's going to be timeless. It's not going to be the kind of book that it's going to kind of just come and go. People will re- be referring back to this book. Coaches across the United States, players and others will be referring back to this book for many, many, many years to come. That is for sure. So, Jeff, coming back to the senior ball, what, when, you're, when you're mingling there, what, what kind of insights are you able to get? Well, obviously right now there's a lot of interest in the Saints' vacant head coaching job. It's kind of unusual to be here without Sean Payton, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm used to always having him around with the Saints coaches and the, the scouting department. And his his absence is noticeable. I mean, he was such a kind of dominant presence for, for a decade and a half. And, uh, you know, the coaches and scouts that are here are, are operating. They're still under contract, so they're operating business as usual. But there's a little uncertainty. I mean, a lot of uncertainty right now, Ricky, because they don't know their future with the organization. They don't know who the head coach is going to be. That coach could want to bring in his own staff. Uh, They're all trying to figure out their futures. Will it be in New Orleans? Or do they need to open up lines of communication with other teams, get their agents involved? So there's just a lot up in the air right now. So it's a really interesting time. Well, do you get the impression, you know, you and I have talked about this many, many times. They're not going to put the wheels in motion to change the culture and blow it up unless they believe that doing so will lead to the Saints being able to win sooner. Otherwise, they're going to they're going to they're going to stay with a tried and true system. Do you I I know I already sort of understand what the answer might be on this because it's unknown. But do you get the sense that they are they're really in it to win it still that they're still doing their job, they're still doing the kind of things or are they searching for other opportunity? Well, I think I think Tom Brady's announcement this week that he's retiring, uh, you know, talking to Saints people, I mean, the, the division is wide open now. I mean, the Saints obviously are going to have to replace Sean Payton. That's big. they got to find a quarterback. But now you have uh, the all-time greatest quarterback retiring. That really, I think, creates an opportunity for someone to make a run. And the Saints certainly have that roster. I think they have a, a roster that's ready to win. And any coach, that's why the coaching job has been so popular right now. A lot of people interested because uh, they know they, they come in and you can find a quarterback. This team could win right away. But I would say this, Ricky, it will take, uh, you know, an outside candidate is going to have to really come in and knock their socks off, I think, to win this job because this organization values stability, continuity. It's really unique in that way. Uh, the front office has been together for two decades. Coaching staff's been largely together for over a decade. So they know there's a formula for success already in place. And they have two internal candidates, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, and Darren Rizzi, the special teams coordinator, who they both 
who they like a lot internally. They're well-regarded, well-respected, well-liked. So it's going to take somebody from outside the other three candidates to really, really come in and blow their doors off, I think, because there's an inherent advantage with the internal candidates because they're familiar with everything in the building. Darren Rizzi is an interesting candidate. You and I have not talked much about him, but as the special teams coach, he brings so much more to the table than just rallying the special teams and making them play well. He's a motivator, isn't he? Well, he's a really charismatic, high-energy guy, uh, very popular with the players because of that. Big personality. Saints fans probably don't know much about him, but I think if he were to get the job, and I, look, I think he's probably a, a little bit of a long shot, but uh, you know, he's been a head coach before at a lower level in college, at New Haven College, at Rhode Island, smaller schools. So he at least has run a program. But I think if they ever got a chance to hear him speak, uh, to see his presence, he definitely has a presence, I think they'd be very impressed. And I can see why Mickey Loomis and Gail Benson and Dennis Lausch would want to interview him for the head coaching job. He's got a lot of qualities that uh, would make for a very good head coach. And again, it just goes back to just how good this staff is. There, uh, one of the other candidates, Aaron Glenn, who's coming in from the Detroit Lions, they're interviewing on Wednesday. Um, Aaron Glenn is a charismatic, smart, intelligent, like well-thought-out leader. I can see why they want to interview him as well. Uh, he's highly regarded. So there's a lot of, they've got a lot of good options. I think it's going to come down to the flavor of the month, right? What, what, what does Mickey Loomis think? Because he's really the one that's probably going to make this call. Well, Aaron Glenn's an interesting candidate because he already knows the culture. I mean, that, that gives him right. a bit of a, of a leg up, doesn't it? Yeah, and he knows the roster. So he knows the personnel. He knows the, the brain trust. I mean, you just think about, I think about it all the time when I, I think of like Dennis Allen, right? Uh, when the Saints went on their uh, their scouting trip to Tennessee when Alvin Kamara was coming out of Tennessee, uh, they all went on the private plane the Saints have up there to interview Alvin Kamara, watch him work out. And it was Jeff Ireland and, and Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton and Dennis Allen was on that trip because they had some defensive players also there. So just think about all the hours that Dennis Allen and Darren Rizzi and Aaron Glenn have spent with the decision makers there. So there's a familiarity with how they operate that I think is going to be hard for a guy like Brian Flores or Doug Peterson, the other two candidates, to overcome because there's there's a comfort level with, with the brain trust and these three men that have been in this building for a long time. Dennis Allen coached here 12 years and been on a bunch of those trips, right? Bunch of things behind the scenes where they've spent time, they know their families. Uh, so I think that gives those three gentlemen a, a leg up in this competition. If you're not wanting to shock the culture, and they're not needing to shock the culture to 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 the greatest extent, then you want people who have that familiarity. I agree with you as a significant leg up. I read a great article yesterday about about Aaron Glenn and his uh, you know since he left the Saints and what he's been up to, and he. It, what's interesting about he's very calmly confident. He's a big motivator for sure. But when you look at his his quotes, he's a guy who believes he's going to get a shot as as an NFL head coach. Now he he realizes this may not be the moment, but the way he talks about it, he says it's a he enjoys going through the process and that it's a that that time will be on his side. That eventually he's going to get a shot. 
and uh, and he's he's very clear-headed about that. That's pretty much how he is, isn't it? Yeah, uh, look, he's a, a former Bill Parcells. He's a Bill Parcells disciple. Played for Bill Parcells. Really, kind of comes from that tree of coaching. Even though he's really kind of working his way up in the profession, you know, he started out on the scouting side. So I think that's obviously a, a feather in his cap that he's come from the personnel side of the building. Now he's coaching. And uh, Aaron Glenn is going to be a head coach in the NFL, there's no doubt. Now, he, he's more inexperienced than the other candidates. Uh, you know, he's never been a head coach. He's just been one year as a coordinator in the Detroit Lions system. So, you know, he's behind as far as experience, but all these other qualities are so strong. You can see uh, one day that he's going to eventually get his shot to lead a team. And he's got a big picture vision, which I think you have to have as a head coach. It's more than just the X's and O's. And, and, and coaching. My sense is, my sense is, based on everything that you said to me over the past many, many weeks, is it's probably Dennis Allen's to lose. But what we don't know is these intangibles. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know if there's a disconnect with Dennis Allen somewhere along the way. We don't know that. But we do know they, they're high on Dennis Allen. It, let me ask you a question. If you think about this, you said it before, and I don't remember his name, but if, if Dennis Allen were to become the head coach, you said there's sort of a natural next, you know, someone will move up as number two, will move up as defensive coordinator. But is there potentially something in here for Aaron uh, if, if, in fact, they, Dennis Allen became the head coach? Oh, for Aaron Glenn? I, I don't yeah. think he can do that, Ricky, because he's the defensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions – the only position he could take here would be defensive coordinator and with the Saints, and that's a lateral move. He'd have to take some kind of promotion to come here. Uh, so I don't think the NFL rules allow that. Now, I can tell you this, I, you know, able to gather you know, this over the course of the days, talking to sources here, whoever gets the job of the, of the five candidates, whoever gets it, whether it's an internal candidate, outside candidate, there's going to be turnover on this coaching staff. Even if Dennis Allen or Darren Rizzi gets the job, I'm I'm told they're expecting a handful of changes with the staff. So that's why they're kind of under the gun to try and get a decision because Mickey Loomis knows this, right? He knows there's families that are waiting. There could be a change over here. And he wants them, the coaches that aren't a part of this new transition, to be able to land jobs in the NFL. These jobs are filling up quickly. So there's a little bit of pressure to get something done here. What a dynamic moment for the New Orleans Saints. We're going to continue the conversation with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com at the Times Picking. We're so lucky to have him uh, every single week here on Super Talk Gulf Coast. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of the New Orleans Saints special today as we think about new coaches, new quarterback, 
uh, new approach, you know, this pivot moment that the New Orleans Saints organization finds themselves in. It, I mean, listen, you knew this day was coming. You know, it just happened, you know, to, to see both of them go out almost simultaneously within a year of one another. Um, you would hope that this would not be the case, but here we are, man. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for the organization. It's one that the, I'm sure makes a lot of Saints fans nervous. Is that what you're hearing from people on the streets? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think everybody's <laughs> curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, we haven't been down this road in a decade and a half. So uh, you know, there's some, some excitement, but a lot of apprehension, I think. Well, it was a tough year for Sean Payton. You and I talked about it. Set, you know, set a record in number of, number of starters on the team uh, with all the you know the hurricane situation and the having to relocate and then, then the pandemic. And, you know, he probably went into this season tired. That's what I'm thinking, just with, with Drew Brees' departure and all the decisions he had to make. He might have been thinking this way for last couple of years, and and certainly if if he was thinking this way, uh, this year didn't help push him to that decision. And the other thing is, had they gotten into the playoffs, I wonder if that would have changed his decision. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really good question. I mean, I often thought about what if they would have had a uh, you know another quarterback uh, ready to go, like a hand picked successor to Drew Brees, sort of like what happened in Green Bay from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, if that would have kind of eased the transition. But I can tell you this, I mean, Sean Payton's excited about his future. I think he's excited about the next challenge, the next step. Uh, he seems very uh, settled in his decision. I don't think he's having any second thoughts about it. I think he's going to do a great job in TV. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He's going to have multiple opportunities to either go to Fox or Amazon or one of these streaming broadcast networks. So I think he's looking forward to that. I'm eager to see how he does in that role uh, because he is such a great communicator. In a way, you know, I, I know that everyone loves Drew Brees and they have reason to. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, et cetera, et cetera. But the ghost of Drew Brees hangs around from a salary cap point of view, doesn't it? Yeah, and I mean, that's the big decision the Saints have to make now, quarterback. I mean, uh, when you bring in an elite quarterback, you're looking at $20 million, basically, in your salary cap. So I wouldn't be surprised, Ricky, especially now that there's a change from Sean Payton to a new coach. Uh, if it is Dennis Allen, for instance, uh, he's going to have a little bit of a runway. And, you know, and he's starting over. They're going to give him a little bit of rope, if you will, in this job to where maybe he can – uh, take a rookie quarterback in the draft and build around that that player, and he would have a little more of a leeway from the front office than Sean Payton, a guy that you know he's all in all the time. He wants to win right away. That's just the way he's wired. He doesn't want to develop and take some time. So I think we could see maybe for the first time in a long time, uh, you know, the Saints use a high draft pick on a quarterback and try and build for the future around that guy. It's going to be so interesting. There's so many what ifs, buddy. There's so many what ifs. You know, Taysom Hill in that last game before he got hurt was looking so good. He was determined to 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 change the perception of him to show that he was beginning to learn this offense. Could make the best decisions. Could be a kind of Josh Allen kind of guy where he's running a lot, etc. But he didn't get that opportunity. So opportunity loss there, and then. Then, of course, you had other opportunities with, with others. And 
God, that had to have been frustrating for, for Sean Payton because it just seemed like every time we got to a point where he said, uh-uh, we're, we're starting to settle in a little bit. You know, quarterback doesn't need to be a superstar, just needs to protect the ball and, and, and help us win. Just every time we got to the edge, something happened. I mean, what a frustrating year. Yeah, I was talking to some sources last night about that and just how unusual it was. I mean, it, running an NFL team during a season, making these decisions in general, is it, there's just a lot going on to get through a given game week. And then when you throw in the COVID element and all the injuries and all these things that, that happen, it just times it by 10. And uh, yes, it was a very difficult year for everyone involved in the organization. And uh, I think in some ways, they're looking forward to the future as well because the season just felt like a lost year. It felt like they never were full strength. They never had everything going for them. All the way from the get-go with the Michael Thomas situation, on the first day of training camp, you find out your star receiver is going to be lost for half the season. And he ended up, of course, being out all year. So it just felt like they were always behind the eight ball this year. What a what a what a difficult year. So let's let's come back to some of the stuff that you and I talked about before. In your sort of New Year's column, you made a lot of predictions about the year. And one of the year, one of the predictions you made is that Garoppolo would become a, a major discussion for the Saints. I read an article yesterday that that certainly suggested that. I think it was CBS Sports said that. Um, boy, to look at. To look at the headlines after their, you know, after the interception and losing that game, that community doesn't really like Garoppolo. The headlines were just brutal around him. Um, is he a winner, or what's what's going on with him? Well, yeah, he's. I mean, he, he's got one of the best records of any quarterback in the league. Uh, that, that's exactly what he is. That's what I think is lost about Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, his teammates love him, his coaches love him. I think he's a, a great fit for the Saints, but it's all going to come down to what is the price tag to get him out of San Francisco? Will the 49ers be willing to trade him within the conference to a team like the Saints, who they know could be their competition? That's a big question mark. And then whoever's the new head coach here, uh, is it going to be his uh, you know, decision? Will he like Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that a guy that he wants to build around and make that investment? Because it's going to cost the Saints some assets to go get him. Uh, he's not going to come cheap. But the thing I like about Garoppolo is you just read about him. Read read what his teammates say about him. I mean, they, that, did, yeah. they they believe in that guy. I mean, he he's not you know uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, but his record is no fluke. There's a reason he's been to the Super Bowl. There's a reason he went to this NFC Championship game. Uh, he knows how to move the team, make the plays, and uh, look, they were getting beat up up front. In that game, they could not block the Rams. And I don't care who's a quarterback. We saw when Drew Brees, when they don't protect Drew Brees, he would struggle. And that's the name of the game. And you've got to protect. And uh, he was under duress the entire time. And uh, that's how football games are won, in the trenches. And mm -hmm. uh, I thought in that game, he got them the lead. They needed to make some plays late. But I thought the defense kind of let them down. They had a couple opportunities, including the, you know, a gift-wrapped interception that they dropped. And really, the game turned after that. Well, you know, you said this before. You, I mean, and this is actually a really important point, and that is that you, you we tend to be, and in, in, in the case of uh, this, the Bay Area, 
they they want to win. They and they got to find somebody to blame. But what you said all along is, I don't care how good your quarterback is, if you don't give them protection. I mean, it's going to always be one in the trenches. You don't give them protection. If you look back, and this story sort of pointed this out that he's had injury bugs, but the reason why is because he's been getting hit so darn much. I mean, this guy. I mean, how do you win? If you can't stay on your darn feet, and when you when he's when you got protection for uh, Garoppolo, that's when you begin to see his skill sets. Um, it's hard to win when you when you're when you're injured because you're not protected. Bottom line, you can be the greatest quarterback in history, but you've got to be able to win in the trenches, don't you? Well, yeah, and look, he was playing with a uh, a thumb injury on his throwing hand and a shoulder injury. Those things are going to affect your ability to to throw the ball, and he. Did not complain about it. He led the team. Uh, that's why his teammates, his teammates know. They see him in the training room. They understand what he's doing. And that's why he's so revered by his teammates. Uh, he didn't make excuses. He didn't play his best game against the Rams by any means. But, uh, you know, he's playing injured. And uh, that's part of the game. That's the NFL. Everyone's playing hurt. But when you're, when you're a quarterback and your shoulder and your hand, uh, it's going to definitely have an impact. Uh, and he he came out after the game once they were eliminated and admitted it was it was something he felt on every throw that he made. So Jeff, uh, anything else on the Saints before we shift gears? Because I really want to talk about the the uh, future Hall of Famer that came from LSU <laughs> and, and how how the Bengals are rewriting history right now. But before before we get into that, because you covered the LSU Tigers as well, uh, anything else on the Saints? No, I would just say this. I mean, if you're a Saints fan, it's an exciting time. And as you watch the Super Bowl and you watch these NFL playoffs play out, I know everyone remembers Drew Brees, but you see it takes an elite quarterback to win at the highest level. You can make the playoffs with adequate quarterback play, but to get to the big game, about 80 90% of the time it takes an elite quarterback. And everyone in the league knows that. Everyone's trying to find that guy. That, to me, is the Saints' biggest challenge going forward. Can they address that position? I know the head coach is big, sets the culture and the environment, but finding a quarterback is difficult. And I think the further we get from the Drew Brees era, the more we're going to realize just how special that was, that unique partnership with Sean Payton, and how difficult it is to find another guy like that. I mean, boy, you look at this, this if there was ever a point to be made around what you just said, you, you think about Mahone and Josh Allen. And now just think, with with Los Angeles and, um, and and Cincinnati about to go at it, look at their quarterbacks. I mean, Stafford, man, you, he was about to be put out to, to, to pasture. And here he is, man, winning. And he's always had this opportunity to win. Now he's got to be surrounded by a great team. And boy, the Cincinnati Beagles, they're going to become America's team probably. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see why here in just a second. We'll see you after this break for the final segment with Jeff Duncan. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. And, you know, again, we had an elite quarterback in Drew Brees and, and uh, Jeff's 
I, you know, his if there is one point that he continues to make because he wrote the book about it, is that you've got to have an elite quarterback to win, and we're about to head to the about to head to the Super Bowl. We've got Stafford and Joe Burrow going head to head. What a great matchup this is going to be. Both both teams have incredible stories to tell. I mean, about the way they cobbled together in free agency, et cetera, how they how they work to build their team in the draft, and here they are. The other thing that's really notable about these two teams is. It's about when now. I mean, you look at where, where you know what's happening to these teams and the changes they're willing to make. They make the right changes. They can win now. That could happen to the Saints this year. But, man, there's got to be no better story probably in the history of the NFL, especially if Joe Burrows you know, leads the Cincinnati Bengals to a Super Bowl win than the Joe Burrows story. Well, look, he's getting ready or trying to do something that's never been done. No one's ever won the Heisman Trophy a college national championship, and a Super Bowl. No quarterback's ever done that. So that just shows you how unprecedented the challenge is for him. And he's doing it, Ricky, in year two in the NFL. That's just remarkable how far he's come. And I I, I have to give myself a little humble brag here. Before the year, I predicted that the Bengals would be the surprise team in the NFL. I, I always try and find that team on the way up. And I wrote a column saying, look, call me crazy, but I like the Bengals this year because – I've seen Joe Burrow operate. I saw what he did at LSU. He's a game changer. He's a, a incredible leader, incredible. He's a coach's son. He knows the game, and he just has this charismatic ability to galvanize a team. And we're seeing it in Cincinnati. And I, they're going to be something to deal with. I mean, they're still trying to build this team around Joe Burrow. They obviously have great receiving core. Jamar Chase, incredible New Orleanian, uh, incredible LSU talent. But they've got to work on their offensive line. Once they get their offensive line here in the next couple of drafts and free agency, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the AFC for years to come because Burrow is such a dynamic leader. Yeah, you saw it. You covered him. You know him. You, you look back at, uh, first of all, some of the highlight reels from when he was just a kid, you know, playing prep ball and then high school ball and then. And then he gets to you know he gets to Ohio, Ohio State, and oftentimes when you see a player like that have to transfer because they missed it, they missed the talent adjust you know assessment of them. That they go on and they do okay, but they're not great. In this case, <laughs> they missed it. They Ohio State missed it. And in order for Joe Burrow to become the player that we know today, he had to be willing to make that tough decision. Because now you, now that we are all getting to know him better, his confidence level is it's not a cocky confidence level. He's just sure handed. He's got a great head on the shoulders, and he knew that if he got the opportunity, he was going to make something big happen, and that's what happened at LSU, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I can distinctly remember being at the LSU offseason caravan with Ed Ogeron out in Metairie. They have it every year, and it was when he had just transferred in, and so there was still – it was kind of up in the air a little bit as to who the quarterback was going to be, even though we all knew Joe Burrow was going to transfer from Ohio down to LSU and sit on the bench. He was coming in to start, but there was still they had to go through the the formalities of a quarterback competition. And after interviewing Ed Ogeron on the record, got him off to the side and off the record, he told me he said, "Jeff, he's a he's a game changer. This kid is going to be special." And I remember right then thinking, "Well, this is a kid's obviously going to win the job, no doubt about that." But nobody knew he was going to be this good, including LSU. I mean, they knew he would be good. Nobody knew he would be. This is a generational talent. And it blows my mind, Ricky, that he was in Ohio State and they couldn't identify that. I mean, he he couldn't get on the field 
the head of like Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields, they obviously had great talent there, but there's no one in that group that's going to be better than Joe Burrow. And so it, it it's, blows it's my true. mind that he got away. Well, he defines, you know, w- w- when the going gets tough, the tough get going. When the going gets tough, the tough get cool. He defines cool in a pressure moment, doesn't he? Yeah. And look, he made some plays against the Chiefs with his legs. I mean, there were a couple. And this is where the game's going, Ricky. That You've got to be able to move because there's going to be off-schedule plays. I mean, the defenses are too athletic, too good right now. You're going to have to be able to kind of get out of the pocket, scramble around. We see Patrick Mahomes do it by time. Uh, That's the future of the NFL. You don't see too many pocket quarterbacks. You can win that way, but the days of Breeze and Brady and Roethlisberger, these these statuesque kind of pocket passers – that's going by the wayside, and I think we're going to see a different era in Saints football, too, going forward because the quarterback has to be mobile. And Joe Burrow, even though he's a pocket passer, obviously is a tremendous athlete. Well, another another one of those players that's been interesting to watch, man, is uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who you also covered. I mean, what a great story that is. I mean, how he played in this last game, man, it's like he's peaking at exactly the right moment. And, and the Saints really were in the hunt to get him here, and I think he made the right call because he wanted to win a Super Bowl. He's chasing a ring, and I think he felt like the Rams were further along, and, and he was right because here he is and he got a chance to win a ring. And it's really interesting, Ricky. You got two LSU receivers on each side of the ball, both from New Orleans, Odell Beckham Jr., Jamar Chase, one from Rummel, one from Newman, just shows you the incredible talent that's produced in that city uh, because they're two dynamic playmakers. So many, so many sub stories. <laughs> it's going to be a great Super Bowl to to build up to and watch, and uh, you know it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be an absolute fun, a great game we're, we're we're headed toward. Anyway, Jeff, thank you for joining us. From uh, I guess you're in Mobile still, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's good it's for the Senior Bowl, and uh, good luck to you. We look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Ricky, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.